Pittsburgh Steelers fans, a big what is up and happy Monday. It is a sultry 90 degrees where you're hearing me in the state of Maryland. And hey, this is the Tri-State Podcast because we've got Maryland, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia in the house. First, Tony Defio, welcome back to The Hangover. What is going on, my friend? Uh, well, it's hot, like you said. I was on my way to the gym at 3.30 and I said, forget it. And I turned and went to Giant Eagle and bought lunch and came back home and watched baseball, <laughs> uh, old baseball reruns on, uh, on, on YouTube. How are you guys? Old baseball reruns. Uh, are you mad at yourself? <laughs> well, it didn't involve the pirates. It was like, okay. <laughs> All right, Shannon White. What's going on, my friend? What's up in the mountain state? Well, besides it being like you said, ninety degrees, I've got a problem. Oh, Uh-oh. do you do you know who Pepe Le Pew is? <laughs> oh, you've got a skunk in your yard. I have no under one of my outbuildings, one of my sheds. I have a mama and two babies. Well, the two babies are really little, and they look like little white kittens at a distance. So my golden retriever thinks it's a little kitten, and he wants to play with it. <laughs> and he picked it up in his mouth, and he stuck really bad. So oh, he got now. I'm, now I've got two of them. I, I mean, I want to get rid of them, but I don't want to kill them. Because, like I said, they're not dangerous, except that they make everything smell really bad. So I'm trying to find out a way to get rid of them, and DNR told me it'd be like $500. Oh, my goodness. And I'm like, can't afford $500. So i got to figure out another way to get rid of them. Because if I trap them, I'll end up getting sprayed bad. You know that's okay. going to happen. So, Shannon, this is bad the answer, man. We're gonna, we're just going to just put everything on hold for a second. Do you have a brother-in-law you don't like? (laughs) No, I like my (laughs) brother-in-law. Okay. Do you have anybody that has wronged you in the last 20 years? No, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't want to do that to nobody bad. I mean, it's, it's pretty rank. You know that. Uh, Oh yeah. It it is absolutely awful. When you mentioned Pepe Le Pew, I'm surprised because it's a mama and two babies. Because when I think, of Pepe Le Pew, I think of a really horny skunk from the uh, <laughs> from the Bugs Bunny cartoon. Yeah, well, those two little babies—they love to roll around and wrestle in the grass, and and it's adorable. But you just you can't get near them, so uh, I, I just mean, want to get rid of them without killing them. I will say this about a skunk, though, and you know we could tie this into football because they look like referees. They're yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know we always call them zebras. They could be skunks. They are beautiful animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, but I mean, like if you've ever, so I once dated this woman once that she was absolutely beautiful, but she lo- liked to live a little bit on the uh, hippie side Oh, with oh. the armpit hair. Oh, and sometimes no, she no. stunk and uh, <laughs> I, I, I didn't stick around with her that long. I mean, I mean, just for like other reasons, but you know, you know, stinky just kind of, kind of isn't my bag, man. No, so uh, <laughs> there you go. So just some ridiculous talk in the first three hours and three minutes. Excuse me. Let's say this again: three minutes and thirty seconds. So let's get on to it. Let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's talk about everything that's going on. I do got to talk about my weekend. I spent my time in Birdland, and you will be glad to know that I had a very I had a great black and gold parenting moment 
but I had a, as far as, you know, good parenting, this is bad, but if you're a Yinzer, this is great parenting. My son has learned off of me and dad, there's a stadium. I'm doing it. I'm like, you, you can, you got to do it with me. So here we are making sure we're not getting beat up. We're both giving the finger to, to a stadium, to an inanimate object. But that that means that he's, he's not a huge football fan. I think he likes it for the smack talk more than anything. Ah, wow. So, I mean, he, he doesn't really follow X's and O's. Well, he knows a couple of players. He's playing the foundation. But, but as long as he's talking smack on on anybody with, uh, you know, black and purple. And he's learned, he he has a little way to go because he kind of rooted for the Bengals during the Super Bowl. And, and I wouldn't talk to him for a couple quarters. And, uh, <laughs> but he does know the phrase since a very early age has known when it's brown, flush it down. So <laughs> there you go. And that baby boy of mine has left for his first real job. He is uh, going to be a counselor in training at boy scout camp and i dropped him off this morning and he's gone for like seven weeks and i'm gonna miss the heck out of him so good luck though down there seven weeks yeah seven weeks now we we get to see him on saturdays for about 24 hours we pick him up on saturdays and then he does laundry and so he doesn't he he doesn't want to be the peppy lapio of yeah well what about father's day sunday no that's uh i'll I'll spend a little bit with him in the morning and I'll drive him back. But it's a pre, I mean, I I just joked about the, uh, the bad father moment. No, it is going to be a proud father moment instead of spending it with him, taking him to work and seeing Mm -hmm. him because it'll be the start of his first week. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm really proud. And anytime there's, they have to wear Pittsburgh stuff. He's wearing Steeler stuff and he's talking smack. So I love it. <laughs> so hey, I mean, you don't have to love it as long as you're you're supporting the black and gold, and that's important to us. Mm-hmm. So that baby boy of mine also um, ended up. He was going with some friends to see Paul McCartney last night, and this is why we were in Birdland. And he took me with him to the show. I, they had a cancellation at the last minute. I had a six minute turnaround to be able to get on that bus. And I'm like, I'm not missing it. It was an amazing show at 79 years and 359 days, year days old. The guy was rocking it. The guy's going to be 80 this week and he was rocking it. So I, I gotta tell you, it was just a fantastic weekend. I hope you guys had a great weekend as well. Absolutely. It was so, great. Other than the skunks. Yeah. Well, we we gotta fix that. I mean, I'm, hey, live chat. If you know what, if you know what, Shannon. Now I, I love Sean American Patriotus says I would stand down win, but come on, we do gotta find a solution for Shannon. And I like the revenge solution, um, but I'm an Avenger at heart. Well, he but, said about a trap. Well, see, I have metal traps. You know that we've catch raccoons and and stuff in the garden and then you can relocate them the problem with the skunk is you got to get near the cage to pick it up and take them to relocate it and then i'll end up getting sprayed for sure so shannon if you get sprayed you're going to be walking around with a major chip (laughs) on your shoulder aren't you yeah you're going to be an angry dude you're going to be running around all mad 
I'll be and, locked out of the house. <laughs> and your wife's gonna have a chip on the shoulder, and and that's not a that's not a good thing, especially with Father's Day. Is Father's Day this weekend? You said yeah. Father's Day. Okay, boy, I, I don't even know. So um, you're gonna have a chip on your shoulder. And Tony, I got to give Tony credit. He came up with our topic tonight, and it's about Steelers with chips on their shoulders. So, Tony, what was your inspiration for this? Actually, it was uh, Terrell Edmonds uh, because uh, everybody keeps saying, you know, this year is a prove-it deal for him. But what, else, what more does he have to prove other than he's a really consistent young player who's probably not going to be a superstar, and he was overdrafted. So <laughs> there's somebody who who's not appreciated for the for the – the work he's put in. So uh, Terrell, Terrell Edmonds. So the name of the show is officially Steelers that may have chips on their shoulders and those who may want to think about acquiring one. It's a little, it's a little long, but uh, I'll probably shorten it down, but, or Dan, but hmm. Terrell Edmonds, if that's your inspiration, let's talk about Mr. Number 34 and talk about Mr. Edmonds. And why should he have that chip on his shoulder? Um, Tony, it's your call, so your your start. Well, I mean, I think he's gotten better each and every year since since he was drafted, and he's incredibly durable. And, you know, the deal he signed for, for the kind of player he's turned himself into and for what you see guys getting in free agency now, I mean, for, for him to, <laughs> to get that kind of a deal – I'd be pretty peeved off if I were him. And uh, especially when everybody's always criticizing him and saying, well, he doesn't make enough big plays. And, 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 uh, you know, he, he was, he's a, some people call him a bust. I mean, you don't hear that a whole lot, but you, you hear it some. And he's far from a bust. So, I mean, there's a guy who, if he could take it to another level and, and, uh, and, and st stick it to people, so to speak, uh, uh, this year would be the year to do it because, um, I, th I think he's still pretty hungry for a long-term deal and for him to only get one year besides the, the, the annual salary, but just one year, I think, uh, I think, uh, Terrell Edmonds, uh, he doesn't have, I don't think he has anything to prove, but I, I think, uh, if he can take it to another no uh, level, uh, then, uh, maybe the Steelers and will be a little sorry for not, for not wrapping him up and, and giving, getting him a, a good deal. Shannon, as a Steelers fan, let's think about Terrell Edmonds here. Do we want him to have a chip on his shoulder, don't we? Yes. He arrived at Pittsburgh. Like Tony said, he's just super durable. He's reliable. He's not spectacular, but he's solid. And the best case scenario is if the defense improves, the defensive line does a better job in run defense, and Bush rebounds and Jacks makes a difference. That'll help him. And if he could just be solid again and the defense gets back in the top five like they should be, then the Steelers might be able to resign him, might realize what he does bring and how important he is and be able to sign him for a reasonable deal that's good for both parties. I'd love to see that happen. Now, I love Terrell Edmonds. Now, is he my favorite player? No. Do I have a 34 jersey when I <laughs> put some duct tape over my my D'Angelo Williams jersey that I had a few <laughs> years ago? Yeah. Or if I'm wearing a jacket and I'm sporting a 34, we'll, we'll call it that one. But the biggest, and this is not a hot take. This is something that's that we've talked about for a long time. It's the fact that 
if Terrell Edmonds was a second round pick, if he was third round pick of the Pittsburgh Steelers, he would probably be everybody's favorite player. Mm-hmm. And he would be respected as one of the best in the league. And he also might, if I'm not mis- I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he be considered more as a potential pro bowler in the future. But yeah. because he was a first pick, I think that's a tag you put on him. And now he's unspectacular. Is he meant to be spectacular, guys? Was Ryan Clark spectacular? No, we talked about him last week. He was just a really solid, dependable player who had to play a role because he had a, a spectacular uh, safety playing alongside him, and he had to, he had to kind of uh, play a role so 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 the other guy could freelance, and that's kind of what Terrell Evans has to do with uh, with uh, uh, Minka. You know what? Every Harry Potter needs a Ron Weasley. Every Batman, <laughs> a Robin. Every Michael Scott needs a Dwight Schrute. We right. could go on and on and on and on. And all I'm going to say to this is he knows his role. Mm-hmm. He shuts yeah. his mouth and he doesn't miss any games. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's absolutely spectacular. You also have the number 11 pick in that draft. You have two of the top 29, two of the top 29 players taken in that draft are both safeties and they both play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I I don't know why we are stuck fact that we need a superstar at every single position. You can't, you need puzzle pieces. Mm -hmm. You need things to even, even it out. And if he has a chip on his shoulder, kind of like Shannon said, that means he's going to be ticked off and he's going to play even better. Does he have great hands? No, but once again, does not take a playoff and is always around the football and he does things that helps set up Mika Fitzpatrick as far as I'm concerned. He's the perfect complement at that position, at that safety position. I think if you like Brian Brown says, Ed, Edmonds is liable to have liable to have a big year too. If you put a chip on this man's shoulder and you let him go and say you're playing for a deal, what's gonna happen? It it, it could be amazing. Shannon? One thing I wanted to say is if everybody remembers back, the Steelers would get destroyed by elite tight ends. Happened all the time. And since Edmonds has come on, they do not get, I mean, game and a tight end has a big first half. They switch that coverage up in the second half, put him on him and he shuts Mm -hmm. him down. Yep. And then he also is because of his speed. He's one of the faster safeties we've had. His speed covers up. Uh, on a lot of missed tackles and plays that potentially could be big chunk plays. And last year, you think about it, they was so many times, they was huge running lanes. I mean, just guys running wide open down the field. And he was trying to cover his guy and get over <laughs> and, and, and make the stops on those plays. But a lot of his tackles were made 20, 25 yards down the field, you know, to prevent a, a long touchdown. So he has value. He just will never be what a lot of people want him to be, but that doesn't mean he's not extremely valuable. Tony, is it possible for two safeties to be superstars on a team? 
I mean, you know, perhaps, but it's really all about like, 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 like you guys have been saying, it's about uh, each player doing his playing his role. And, you know, Fitzpatrick plays his role better than anybody in the league. And, and if, if, if Edmonds, you know, takes it up a notch and, you know, Shannon mentioned the, his ability to cover the tight end and his athleticism and his ability to play to run and, 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 and stop big plays from being even bigger. Uh, I mean, sure. Sure. They could be, why, why couldn't they be? Yeah. I mean, obviously you want Edmonds to be sort of be like the, you know, the, the uh, Robin to his, to Minkus Batman, but it doesn't mean he can't, he can't evolve into a, uh, a superstar, uh, uh, Carl Malone uh, who, uh, and John Stockton, they were both superstars, but they were two completely different. You know, Stockton was just the uh, the distributor and, and, and Carl Malone was the uh, scorer. So, I mean, you can, I know it's not the same. It's, it's a, probably a weird analogy, but, but I don't think anybody thought of John Stockton. They don't think of him as, as a superstar now, but he was during his day. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, Edmonds could be a solid superstar if that makes sense. Josh Parker says Clark and Troy were the next best thing to two superstar safeties. I would probably say that that's probably the second best safety tandem in Pittsburgh Steelers history. The fir- the best Super Bowl, uh, the best superstar uh, tandem, as I struggle to speak, would be Don Shell and who he was playing with, whether it be Mike Wagner, whether it be Glenn Edwards. But Glenn Edwards went to four Pro Bowls, but he wasn't a superstar. Mike. Wagner went to a million Pro Bowls, but no one right. considered him. A, did we ever consider Wagner number twenty three a superstar, Tony? No, that's a great. That's a great point. Yeah, that's that's a perfect point. That's that's you, you could be a solid player and, and make Pro Bowls. So yeah. So that's what I'm thinking, Shannon. I'm thinking that that it's okay to not be a superstar, but to be that blue collar player, Shannon. We talked about blue collar players. The last two weeks. And yes, I know I threw in the fact that you have to, you can't be a number one pick, but I'm taking that off for this week. One, because I, I made, I came up with the talk, so it, it's my roles. <laughs> but the, the, the other thing is the fact that he plays like a blue collar player and he does what you need if you have. Can you imagine if you had two Troy Palomalus? Some things are going to start getting lost, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it would be awesome. I mean, if you had two Troy Polamalu's playing at safety, it would be awesome. But then you're going to have some deficiencies because you need to have somebody cleaning up the mess. Right. You need you need a ying to the yang. You mm. need to go ahead and have you have you like that. Have have two players helping each other and complimenting. Art Gordon asked, "How would you rank Carnell Lake?" I consider Carnell Lake one of the great safeties in Pittsburgh Steelers history. Uh, I also consider Carnell Lake one of the greatest spot starters at cornerback in (sighs) Pittsburgh Steelers history. No, not one, the greatest, because he helped save the 1995 season. So I rank Carnell Lake up there, but who are you really looking at as his wingman? I guess Darren Perry. Right. I guess yeah. mo- most of the time it was Carnell and Darren Perry, and that was, man, I, I tell you what, Art, you could have just called me out, and I think you're right because I, uh, that that's a great tandem, and I might even put 
Heck, I might put Carnell Lake and Darren Perry at number two. Yeah. Darren Perry did not go to a Pro Bowl, but how you don't you don't get that production from that defense and from those safeties without Darren Perry. Mm-hmm. Carnell Lake needed Darren Perry, so thank you, Art, for bringing him up. Mm-hmm. I love number 39. I love Perry. And if it wasn't for Willie Parker, he's the greatest 39 in team history. <laughs> they might be tied. There could be that could be a, an right. entire show. Willie right. versus Willie versus Darren. The I mean, completely di- completely different positions, but you know, those guys are great. But as far as chips on the shoulder, Terrell Edmonds, if he puts one on his shoulder, I think I think he steps up and I think he gets another contract. So I'm going to ask Shannon first. Will you see another contract for Terrell Edmonds for the Steelers? If he has the kind of season that I think that he can have in the whole defense uh, is capable of, if ego can be kept out of it, I believe that they can work out a team-friendly deal. Because I think he just create, forms a really good tandem with uh, Mika Fitzpatrick. But, you know, we're all human. And I'm sure it was a blow to, to you know, not just his ego, but hurt his feelings, fr- quite frankly, <laughs> that he was, you know, not offered more and then only given a one-year contract. And he's making less money than some of the, the new guys that's coming in that's not even going to be starting. Mm-hmm. Um, so... You know, it's one thing to get a guy because you could get a get him at a low price and get a great deal. Disrespectful. And, and it's such a low deal that it, it almost was like proving a point to him. Um, and I hope it didn't – that isn't how it actually went down. But um, because, like I said, I think he is way more valuable, definitely more way more valuable than the contract he signed for this year. Tony – your thoughts on Terrell Edmonds as we wrap this section up and go to more Steelers with chips. We're not talking chips. We're not talking poker chips. We're not talking <laughs> potato chips. We're not even talking cow right chips. Here. Right here on the shoulder. Yeah. Big. Uh, I, I think we, it might be a Mike Hilton situation. If he has a, a really good year, he'll, he'll be, he'll be like, well, I want to go and I want to, go to the highest bidder because I want to, I want to prove to everybody that I deserve that kind of a contract. So I think it might be like a Mike Hilton kind of thing for him. If he, if he has a, uh, cause by, by the time the season starts, Mickey Fitzpatrick is probably going to be inked to a new deal. So they won't, they won't have to worry about that next year. So they won't have that as a priority. So, uh, you know, Edmonds will be there and it's just a matter of, can, can they work out a deal? And if they can't give him the money he wants, he might just say, look, I'm going, I'm going to the highest bidder. This would be a great topic for a show. And let's ask this question. Shannon, I'm going to start with you. How much does Minka Fitzpatrick rely on and need Terrell Edmonds? He can't do Minka Fitzpatrick things without Terrell Edmonds. That's a bold statement. I I really don't. I mean, he's way more successful than he was in Miami. And I think part of the reason why is the usage and the way the Steelers use him, but also because he has Edmonds. And this year, if they have Kazee, 
uh, to play that deep safety role that they really haven't had. They tried to use Norwood there, but Norwood doesn't have the flat speed to cover, you know, the full deep se- uh, secondary. But with Kazee, that should open up Fitzpatrick to let him get back to his playmaking Roman ways, and hopefully he won't have to lead the team in tackles because, you know, the, the defensive line and the linebackers aren't doing their job. But I, I do believe that that we will see a drop-off in Fitzpatrick's play. Not so much a drop-off, but his production as far as his big play, his splash plays, because he's going to, he would have to cover even more like he did last year if Edmonds is in there for the to cover the tight ends of the run support. All right. So let's just say this. We're going to completely agree that Mika Fitzpatrick is great. We're also going to agree that one of the reasons Minka Fitzpatrick is great is because Terrell Edmonds is the George Costanza to his Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> Terrell, Edmund, uh, Terrell Edmonds is the Potsy Weber to his Richie Cunningham. <laughs> he it. is his Happy Hogan to his Iron Man. <laughs> All right, I'm done. <laughs> Uh, so Shannon, I'm going to let you take next. So who do we got next as far as a guy that either has a chip on his shoulder going into camp or needs to have a chip on his shoulder? Well, I thought about this today once we decided on what we was going to talk about. And I would actually go to training camp and take a chip to put upon his shoulder. If, if, if I thought it would motivate him, but Chukawama Okorafor yes. should have a chip <laughs> on his shoulder. If he don't now, he never will because he's 24 years old, multi-year starter, has been adequate, but he's never lived up to his potential. But everybody's saying, why did you re-sign this guy? He's a bum. He ain't worth it. He's having to answer questions at OTAs about – what do you say to all the people who say that you wasn't worth it? And why did they bring you back? <laughs> if that don't put a chip on his shoulder and that don't yep. motivate him to play to his potential, nothing will. Wow. I, I am speechless because I love it. And I'm, I, I'm angry because I, I should have thought about that right away, but you are absolutely 100% correct. Chooks needs to have it and like like i said if you have to put one on his shoulder then that tells us right away that that he's just i, I don't want to say not motivated i just want to say that he is a lazy fair type of guy i'm not lazy lazy yes. fair he's just like yeah what abs dude you know i mean the, he could be that guy laid like back a, yes laid yeah. back like laid back sheldon on the big bang theory I mean, <laughs> <laughs> if you've seen that episode, that's great. So, yeah, I mean, there's not much we can say about Chooks. Um, Brian Brown, Okorafor was a walking false start last season. I hope he gets better. <laughs> yeah, I, that's absolutely true. I mean, is Chooks just a laid back dude, or is it just something that, I mean, or does he need a fire lit under him? Or. Is it just his style of play that we're missing, Tony? Um, it might be just 
you know, because he can't. He, he, I think he came here in, from another country in 2010, if I'm not mistaken. He, he might not get that the whole concept of of the whole chip on your shoulder thing, and and he might not understand the the you know how aggressive you have to be to play in the national football. You know, he might just be relying on talent, and he obviously has talent. And he, he's a big guy, and he's athletic. Uh, he, he just might not get the fact that that you know you you have to you have to be more aggressive and especially in, you know, run blocking. He's pretty, you know, fairly decent. If I'm, I mean, I'm not an expert, of course, fairly decent in pass coverage, but I guess run blocking has always been his problem. So maybe he just doesn't understand that part of the game yet. And he, he started playing. So, so, you know, recently, really, I mean, um, so he maybe just, it, it'll take some time for him to, to, uh, to step into that. But it kind of reminds me a little bit of Max Starks. Max Starks was kind of like that. He was kind of more of a, he was a big guy, but he was kind of laid back. That's kind of who he reminds me of, and, and and for him getting this contract, that's kind of what they did with Max Starks. I mean, they they or they transition tagged him two years in a row, and, and people are like, why are they doing that? So that's kind of kind of what this reminds me of is uh is uh is Max, and Max never really became a uh, aggressive player, so maybe maybe he shoots, maybe that's just not in the cards. Maybe he if he can just develop into a really uh, skilled uh, technician out there, maybe that's all we can hope for. Well, Tony and I have been doing this a long time together, Shannon, and we've been together with Shannon for about a year, and I don't disagree with Tony very often. So Uh I'm going to ask you, I I don't know if even if I'm uh, disagreeing, I didn't think Max was a lazy, fair type of guy. I I didn't see him as a laid back. I I thought, boy, transitioning him two years in a row paid off because I thought he even got better. I thought... I just think when I think of Max Starks, I think of a much better player than Chuk Sakura for Shannon. So you don't have to side with me, Shannon, but you don't have to side with anybody. But what are your thoughts on this? Was was Max? Do you get Tony's comparison of Max Starks? I, I can see it. Max Starks, especially his first few years, he was just really talented, really you know, great size and length. And but he wasn't very aggressive. Uh, his relationship with Ben Roethlisberger, they were very good friends and close friends. And and a lot of them offensive linemen really took a lot of pride in, in protecting him. And and then as he got more experience, he you'd see him be more aggressive and and push guys off men and and you know uh, being more showing more leadership. So I, I did think he was a little bit more passive than I would have liked at the beginning of his career. But then later on, he become, you know, more of an assertive veteran lineman. You kind of see both points. So I want to go ahead and move ahead. I think Chooks is a great answer. I, of course, Edmonds is a fantastic answer. We have Reginald Rivers, guy I really respect. And this is a very interesting one for me because – he says Kendrick Green and Gene Smith agrees with him. And I think Kendrick Green already has a chip on his shoulder. Oh yeah. But he definitely needs to, I think with Kendrick Green, I'm going to agree with you completely that we need to see a great jump, a jump from year one to year two. And especially since he's going back to the guard position, we need to see something from him. Um, even this early in his career, but so 
here we go. The question is, though, does he need, I don't want to say restrained a little bit, or does he need, I think he needs to focus that chip a little bit. I have no problem with the chip, but I think it needs to be focused. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, he, I don't think uh, motivation is not, not an issue for him. I think, you know, he slammed this, he, he spiked his uh, sunglasses when he got drafted last year, and his whole family was ready to scrimmage right then and there in the living room. So, you know, he's definitely, <laughs> he's definitely aggressive by nature. And he saw, you know, he was, you know, doing a lot of smack talk and getting in the faces of the competition last year. So that's not a problem. But like you said, he, you know, he, he's, he needs to uh, focus that more on the, on the football field. And he's, you're seeing that this off season. I mean, he's, 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 uh, he was training with Marquise Pouncey. So, you know, I mean, you know, and, and I'm, I guess it's official that he's, he's moving over to guard. Is that, is that it? So, uh, you know, if he can, if he can focus that aggression and become a, a, a better player in his second year, then, then, then he'll be, you know, they'll be better for it. But yeah, I don't think he needs to, he doesn't need to, he doesn't need motivation. He just needs to focus it better. Aquatic life asked what's with the chip on their shoulder subject. The whole team has a chip on their shoulder. The coach staff has chips on their shoulder. The new GM has a chip on his shoulder. Even the owner has one. Now that is a great question. And I agree with you completely. And he even says more. The whole offense has one. The QBs have one. The rookies have one on defense has one. The fans have one. Love Yins, but I wish you, um, I, I don't know what he's saying next. Uh, Brian Brown saying aquatic. It's a good off season conversation. I appreciate both of you. What I'm going to say is, yeah, you're absolutely right. Aquatic. Everybody has a chip on their shoulder, but not everybody walks in with one. A lot have a little bit more laid up laid back and a lot of guys need to compete more they need to uh, they need to be do or die more than ever and i don't know if everybody is do or die this year so that's the reason tony came up with with this topic and if you like the topic the the uh, topic was come up with by tony um mm -hmm. if you don't like the topic jeff hartman came up with it so that's <laughs> that's the best way way to put it but no i i agree with you completely <laughs> on that but who needs to have more of one and there's people that need to have more of one so that's that's what i'm that's why i'm loving this topic so but hey we love when you bring up those kind of things and you can challenge us anytime you want because that's what we're here for too we're here to be better and we are here to um make this show better and i'll take any kind of feedback because Somebody told me once, feedback is a gift, and I'll take it anytime. So thank you, my man Aquatic. So guys, now we were just talking about Kendrick Green. And the one that I want to talk about, as far as was brought up by Art Gordon, Kevin Dotson. Mm -hmm. Is this a guy that... Is is he a laid back player? Because he has that nasty streak. But what is it that has a lot of people thinking that Kevin Dotson needs to have that chip on his shoulder? I he seems motivated, but others don't think he is. What do you make of Kevin Dotson? Because it, it's actually a quite a curious case when you're thinking about number 69 here. Tony. 
Well, I love him. I love Kevin Dawson. He's he's basically my favorite player from that from that 2020 team. I, I just love his personality, and, and he's definitely aggressive enough. Um, but uh, what dominated last year, uh, last summer at this time, or around this time, is that rumor that there were coaches who weren't happy with his, his work ethic. So he wasn't taking it seriously enough. So um, from that standpoint, maybe he has to have a chip on his shoulder to prove to everybody that, look, I'm, I'm coming into my third year. Uh, and I'm the starting left guard for this football team. Now, I think Shannon might have brought it up before that uh, he's more of a, a, a road grader, whereas they're, they're switching over to more of a zone blocking kind of thing. So uh, that might be something where he has to he has to change some things around to become a uh, become better at that. But uh, I think that's the, the I think if he has to prove anything to anybody, it, it, it's it's his coaches right now. If those rumors last year are true that they weren't necessarily happy with them. And then they, when they go out and they sign uh, James Daniels and Mason Cole, and you have obviously Kendrick Green in the mix. So yeah, uh, maybe, maybe he has to prove something internally. Well, let's talk about the quarterbacks real quick. And let's, before we talk to the, about the quarterbacks, let's see what's on the mind of Shannon White. I, I did want to mention one thing last year. There was the rumors I heard there was they weren't happy with Kevin Dodson's specific training. That he he wasn't out of shape, but he didn't work on his footwork. So he could do more than just power block. And then he could do more zone blocking. And I think that what we're seeing this year is a lot of smoke and mirrors. Because they're saying Kendrick Green is going to compete with Dodson for that starting left guard position. I don't see that happening with Green's short arms and, you know, size uh, disadvantages. He trained with Marquise Pouncey. I think Green trained to move into the center position, and then he gets to camp, and they're like, okay, you're competing with Dotson, but they want Green to play both ways. So if he's not starter, he can be the swing interior guy. But I believe it's sending a message to Dotson that he's going to do what they ask him to do and specific training, or if he doesn't approve, he's not going to be starting. All right. So when we look at, we could, there's a up here and Devin Bush, Joseph Donovan, I love this, needs to have a bag of chips on a shore <laughs> this year. <laughs> and, you know, you have Bush and Dotson, you know, that were not 100% when they played last year. That's not an excuse. That's just you hope that uh, you hope that's the reason for what we think was the problem last year. If not, then you have a problem. If if injuries weren't the reason, then then you have a concern. You know, Bush is playing for another contract. He's playing for his black and gold life. But somebody brought this player up. If anybody needs to have a chip on his shoulder, the biggest possible chip, the guy who, if this was Festivus, his airing of grievances would go a long, long time. And it's it's got to be number two who doesn't even think he's number two anymore. It's Mason Rudolph. Yeah. If Mason Rudolph does not have a chip on his shoulder, if he doesn't feel like he's been wronged by his team, then I'd be shocked. Now, I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that, oh, he has a right to have a chip on his shoulder. He 
he's been wrong. No, I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is Mason Rudolph, if I'm Mason Rudolph, I'm probably not, uh, I'm probably thinking that that I deserve a shot and I'm being overlooked. And that's me. I, I know me. Yeah. Like, I mean, and I wouldn't blame anybody for saying that, uh, you know what? I feel like I'm being overlooked and they're bringing all of these other guys in. But I think the biggest chip is going to be Mason Rudolph. Shannon, discuss. Yeah, Rudolph, if you look at the situation right as is, now that the, you know, they're now in training camp. And Kenny Pickett's already said he's going to go down to Florida and, and train with Mitch Trubisky and try to pick his brain and learn from him. Now, Rudolph has come out and said that, oh, you know, I, I don't want to be like that other guy. I want to be there for everybody and, and, and help all these young quarterbacks and all that. But I'm not seeing anybody going to him asking for help. I mean, Kenny Pickett's the rookie, and he's not said he's going to go spend the next month or a few, some of that time period with Mitch Trubisky. Um. I just don't think that Rudolph, he might want to be a starting quarterback. He might want them to look at him as a starting caliber quarterback. But I don't think any of his teammates do look at him. I don't think the ownership looks at him as a starting quarterback. If not, they wouldn't have brought in Mitch Trubisky and they wouldn't have drafted Kenny Pickett. So, you know, sometimes, like I've said before, the best backup quarterbacks are backups for a reason, and they realize – their limitations, they accept their limitations, and they do everything that's required of them as a backup quarterback. Until he accepts that he's a backup quarterback, I don't think he's ever going to have stability in the NFL. Tony, if he does come in and ball out, that's and he wins this position, the quarterback position, which the odds are long on it, but if he pulls down Mustard's something from deep down inside and pulls it out and gets that position, there's going to be a lot of disappointment in Pittsburgh. But there's going to be a lot of disappointment because where was this the last five years? Or even oh. more, I mean, gosh, Mason Rudolph was picked in, 2000, yes, 2018. So where was this since 2018? Well, I mean, they might be disappointed at first, but, you know, these quote unquote franchise quarterbacks are so hard to find that if you can, if somebody develops into one by year five, it's year five, I guess by year five. Uh, and, and it took him that long to get there. I think you'll be okay with it eventually. If he, if he goes on to play 10 years at, at, in most of it at an elite level. So uh, people might be disappointed at first. I know they'll be disappointed at first. They'll look at it as a failure by the other guys, Trubisky and Pickett that they didn't, that, that, you know, that, Trubisky is just going to be a journeyman and Pickett was a bust. But if Rudolph uh, just goes on and plays like Kurt Warner, you know, and, and, and has that kind of a career, then I think people will eventually uh, warm up to him. And, and when he writes his book in 30 years, he'll, he'll talk about his uh, roller coaster relationship with the fans, just like Terry Bradshaw. So that's what I'm looking, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that book in 30 years. I want to, I want to see the Rudolph uh, bestseller. Well, I will be absolutely shocked if Mason Rudolph does all this, I'll be pleased. And, oh, yeah. and it'll just be one of those things though, that then you 
trade those other pieces of the puzzle and you you get some, some extra things. I doubt that it's going to happen. I would love to see it. I mean, if you get a Super Bowl MVP and a Super Bowl trophy out of Mason Rudolph, that would be an amazing thing. And I tell you what, if it happens, I'm getting a Mason Rudolph tattoo on my lower back. Yeah, I'll put it right here. There you go. I have plenty of room. Uh, oh, you're putting on the forehead. Don't do the forehead. <laughs> uh, whatever, you know, I mean. Because if you lose a bet, you like look at jo Jeff Hartman. He's been wearing the uh, the George Pickens shiesty. Um, That's true. The shiesty hat. So they're going to do it. And I honor my bets too, but I'll get a Mason Rudolph lower back tattoo. There you go. Okay. That's... So Shannon. As long as you don't show it. Oh, oh everyone's <laughs> seeing that thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gentlemen, this has been a fun show. Um, I agree with aquatic life for the fact that everybody should have chips on their shoulders to some degree, and everybody does, but it's also the, it's also the point there. Some people need to get more aggressive. They need to channel that as it's been 20 years since the John Cena ruthless aggression era in the WWE, you need some ruthless aggression out of these guys. And these are the players. If we if we change the name of the show, who needs ruthless aggression? That could be the same thing as the chip on the shoulder. Yeah. So, I'm looking forward to this camp. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what all these guys can do. And a lot of these guys have an have an opportunity to become that guy that they think they can be and prove it to everybody else. And unfortunately, you do have to prove it. You have to prove it in football. And you uh, you could be a first-round draft pick, but after a while, you want to see it. And that's what we're asking for out of a Devin Bush. You can be a, uh, a backup quarterback for a while, but you get to a point where when you're getting overlooked and other people, you're getting overlooked for a reason, and you've got to find a way to get looked at again like you were when you were drafted and you were thought of as the hero of the future. So gentlemen, thanks so much for this show. It was a good topic. Had a lot of fun. We have so much to talk about and so much for you to listen to on BehindSteelCurtain.com. If you missed my show earlier, it was bad language. It was at noon. You also had an eight o'clock, excuse me, a 5 a.m. show from Jeff Hartman, the Monday edition of Let's Ride. Coming up tomorrow, don't forget about the tight end position and Jeffrey Benedict. And it is from the cutting room floor. We have the Steelers draft fix. It's not the draft fix anymore, guys. Tony, why are you calling it the draft fix? We have the Steelers fix. Yeah, thanks, Tony. That's, that's why I love Tony. I screw up. He takes the heat. Even when I just throw him under the bus and it's not his fault. Um we have the Steelers fix. It's now called the Steelers fix and it's permanently going to be called that. Whether they're talking fantasy, whether they're talking draft, they're going to be talking everything. They're going to give you that, that fix. It is Jeremy Betts. It is Andrew Wilbar. Don't forget the Scobro show tomorrow night as well. I mean, I could go ahead and take the next 20 minutes and give you the whole lineup this week. It's good, but just check it out wherever you download your favorite podcast. Gentlemen, it's time for us to go. 
and I appreciate all your time. And for all of you out there wondering what's next, thinking that you've got it all figured out. And just when you think you've got all the answers, we keep changing the questions. Shannon, you've got to take us home. Woo! All right, for Tony, for Shannon, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. You can call me bad. This is BTSC. We love you. Thank you for spending your time with us. Have a great one. Time to stop and check it out.